0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
1: That's Luis Fernandez, Grant Hill, producing us this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, I know a lot of uh, wrestling fans like myself were just geeking out there for a moment, just soaking that all in. Graham knows what he's doing. He does. The the reason why I did that is because I know we're getting ready to discuss NC State's opening kickoff game. And in my opinion, the best NC State intro football video that I've seen in most recent years was when they used Break the Walls Down in their intro video. Not Post Malone, Raised by the Wolves last year. Mm -hmm. I get what you're going for there. Too basic. I love the WWE. Too basic. I like. that. Yeah, it's too basic. Give me the more WWE entrance songs as intro videos for football. I respect that. Method to the madness. I respect Graham. I like that, it. Graham. I really do appreciate that. Now speaking of NC State, it was uh, and just college football in general. The ACC announced today kickoff times for the first three weeks of the season, or or most of the kickoff times. There's still a few things to be determined. For example, Week Three: NC State VMI. To be determined, it's a home game for NC State. So, again, you got to figure out what networks these things are going on, things along those lines. But a lot of people were anticipating the kickoff time for the home opener for NC State on September 9th, week two of the season. All right. Notre Dame, it's coming to town. Are we looking at a primetime 8 o'clock game, ABC? Are we looking for a 3.30 kickoff, noon? It is a noon kickoff on ABC. So, NC State... Early in the season, you should be 1-0. and You should beat UConn. You should be 1-0 going into that game. This is the true early season test to, to show, all right, is this team for this upcoming season for real, or are you going to be a 10-2, and 11-1 type team? Are you? I don't know. Got a new offensive coordinator. You lost a lot of personnel from last year. You had 30-plus seniors on your senior day last season. So a lot of turnover in that regard. But you get the primetime slot national coverage ESPN week one of the season, Louis Fernandez, Carolina in the Dukes Mayo classic in Charlotte against South Carolina, an ABC primetime game, seven 30 yep. kickoff. So the state of North Carolina, two of your biggest schools. And this also that first week of the season, that Monday, actually it's a Monday night football game Duke at home against Clemson on wow. ESPN. That's an eight o'clock primetime game at home at home. So here in the triangle, the three schools here in the triangle are getting prime viewing slots on Prime Networks. Yeah, that's to big. start off the college football season. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And I think this is an opportunity for us as fans of these of these teams and these schools that we get to go out there and experience all these. And also, week two at State is also coming in to, to Chapel Hill to take on UNC at Keenan at
2: five five fifteen. At five fifteen, that's yeah.
1: an ACC network game, but noon kickoff between Notre Dame and NC State but then we also get App State and UNC at home as well. Wait, this is this is prime stuff that's taking place here. And it's to me I'm excited looking ahead to this. I know it's months away, but I'm excited looking looking forward to these things.
2: Well, and it's 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 yes, it is almost June, right? So college yeah. football is kind of all got to put it in perspective a little bit. But they're all three of the, you know, NC State, UNC, Duke, all those major programs are trending upward, I feel like, when you yeah. look at what they are and what they have been. Uh, UNC obviously is going to have a lot of uh, Heisman hype behind Drake May. It, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, Duke, Mike Elko, what he was able to do there with the Blue Devils mm-hmm. last year. They're also going to be a team that I think is going to be, you know, in the upper half of, I was about to say in the Coastal, but the Coastal isn't yeah, no R.I.P., coastal. Oh my yes. gosh. Um they're on the th- upper half. They they're, they're going to be in the upper half of the of the conference. You know, Clemson will probably win that game, but I think it's one that could be interesting and kind of could put a bit of a national spotlight on Duke's football program mm-hmm. and what they've been able to do. NC State a lot of questions like you were just kind of mentioning, but still they've shown that they are one of these teams that is going to be consistently competing in the ACC. So it, it's it, the all programs I think are in a really good space and it's it's deserved that they get you know some of these national spotlight kind of games and and spots uh, I think it's all it's all worth it they've earned these opportunities for sure
1: and I know we'll, we'll go through each of the schools here in just a second but but specifically we'll we'll start off with with state because again that the anticipated game the first three weeks of the season at home was Notre Dame coming back into Carter Finley Stadium because uh, it's been been a while. We also saw Notre Dame play at Keenan last year so they've been here in the triangle but not at Carter Finley. They open the season on the road on a Thursday at UConn. TBA on that one. Got to beat UConn. My guess is probably going to be an 8 o'clock game. Now you get the Notre Dame game Then you follow with VMI. If you're going in 3-0 after your first three weeks of the season with the win over Notre Dame, that's when you start as a program as the season progresses, you start getting more primetime slots because you have a, a, a big notable win early in the season against Notre Dame. Same thing with with UNC prime time you got you have opening of the season against South Carolina then you have app which is not going to be an easy game as we know for for Carolina but you get app and then you get a big 10 school coming in in Minnesota that's a 330 kickoff on ESPN or ESPN2 week three if you go 3 and0 through that stretch having beaten a SEC school and a big Ten school Drake May Heisman Trophy yeah that conversation starts to skyrocket well guess what Carolina gets more national attention along with nc state if these three three first three weeks of the season really do play out so these first three weeks really matter if you want to have those prime time slot games as the season progresses and get more national attention you got to take care of business early in the year
2: i mean you know if duke if duke comes in there and gives clemson a bit of a scare in that first game if not you know do more that's going to be huge for for the blue devils Mm -hmm. you well one thing you have to remember too sam hartman is now at is Notre that Dame. Notre Dame so that's and they're gonna be a, like unless they lose that first week that they play Notre Dame's gonna be a top 10 team it would be probably. my my imagining um they were uh, the, a lot of the way to early things I saw were kind of had them top 15 before Sam Hartman signed on so um you know I yeah it, it just to me there are gonna be a lot of opportunities for these programs to uh cement themselves now you know these programs have in the past had lofty expectations and not much has come from them, so it's going to be one of those kind of wait and see approaches. But they, the way these schedules set up for UNC, NC State, and Duke is to put them in a position to um, have some national recognition after the end of the first couple of weeks. Should they take advantage of that? Well, they uh, we'll see. But it's there. The opportunity it's there. is present.
1: It's one hundred percent there. I, I know a lot of people schedule ahead in terms of how they plan their weekends coming out in the fall based on the game times of of these games. Well. Now, you know, I'm excited. It should be a fun time looking ahead. I plan on being at Carter Finley Stadium for that game. I plan on later that afternoon going to (laughs) Keenan. You know, to go watch UNC versus App. That's a uh, big-time in-state matchup. And
2: for folks from the NC State side who may be thinking, hey, why is Notre Dame and NC State at at noon uh, on that week? You go and look at the other primetime games that are happening. You mentioned ACC Network, uh, you know, UNC and App State are playing at 515. Uh, The 7 p.m. ESPN game that week, Mm -hmm. Texas at Alabama. So Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. That's that, a big one. That'll do it. Um, the ABC won uh, 7.30 that week, though. Uh, Wisconsin at Washington State. Yeah, I don't care. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit interesting. But um, Auburn at Cal, the Pac-12 after dark game that week. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be one of those it, – it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I understand the frustration with noon kickoffs, mm-hmm. but I think when done appropriately, they're a lot of fun.
1: They are a lot of fun. That's Luis Fernandez. This is the story of the one. Dennis Cox here with you. Graham Hill producing us this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. I'll stick in, in terms of college football. I know there's been some spring meetings taking place with the SEC. And believe it or not, there are quite a few SEC fans that live in this area. But something that actually Alabama head coach Nick Saban brought up about name, image, and likeness. So name, image, and likeness, again, for those who may not fully understand, is college athletes can use their name, they can use their image, their image, their likeness, their their themselves, their their face, their body, their social media channels, their social media, all that kind of stuff that they associate with themselves. They can put out there in terms to game profit. Now, for example, basketball wise, you see Armando Baycott. I'm sure no Prime doubt example, that Drake sure. May at Carolina gets plenty of money in terms of NIL. So this is again, any business can hire these people to do any sort of service, and can players can profit off of that well Nick Saban talked about well how can we actually basically kind of control it a little bit more and he brought up a word that I'm not sure is feasible in college sports well I I just think
3: that yeah I I have no problem with, with that I mean unionize it make it like the NFL I mean if it's going to be the same for everyone uh, I think that's better than what we have now, because what we have now is we have some states and some schools and some states that are investing a lot more money uh, in terms of managing their roster than other, others, and I think this is going to create a real competitive disadvantage for some in the future, and it's also going to create an imbalance uh, in competitive nature of the sport which that's not good for the sport. Everything they do in the NFL is to create what? Parody. Parody. So, and if they could have everybody going into the 17th week of the season at 8-8, eight eight, that would be like a dream for the NFL. Because <laughs> every team would be watching, every fan would be watching their team to see if they get in the playoffs. Well, you think there's disparity in college football right now? There's going to be a lot more in the
1: future. Okay, here's the thing, Nick. Uh, before NIL, there wasn't much disparity, and there's not was a about, lot of that going on right now either.
2: No, that, that's, that's what I was about to say, is that the, you know, I understand, you know, you don't want the haves to have even more in college football. I get that, but... Just, I think him mentioning the notion of like a union in college athletics, which you know, I the players should be making what they deserve, whether it be from an NIL perspective, whether it be from a compensation perspective, they are they are the product. Yeah, like they're, that they're the when product. it comes to yes. college athletics, college football, um, it is it is complicated because of we were talking about this before the show. You you mentioned th- there are thirty two teams in the NFL. Yes, there are a lot more than thirty two teams in. In uh, college football, yeah, just in F- the FBS level. So it's just the Power Five conferences alone. There's just, plus Notre Dame, sixty five. Well, so so you have that. That's that one topic because he he mentions that and then he quickly turns to the disparity notion of things. Yeah, there. Like you go back and look at the people who have won college football championships. They are the same programs over and over and over again. Yeah, like this is this is not rocket science. Um, and, and then you. Uh, when we do see parody in some way, shape, or form, right, when you have, say, the uh, UCFs of the world, uh, TCU coming in and making it to the college Cincinnati. football. Cincinnati, prime example. Yeah, those things happen. That takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I get what Nick Saban is saying here. And one thing I will say about Nick Saban, too, as he's getting older and as he's kind of you know, achieved this upper echelon of college football royalty, he just says whatever he wants in the offseason. Oh, I'm, of, I'm
1: kind of here for it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Here's why I believe unionization in college sports will not work. It will not work, in my opinion, because you have private schools and state schools that operate under different rules. Plus, you have different states that have different rules in and of themselves in terms of labor laws, all those kinds of things. Plus, as well, okay, if you do unionize this, well, then guess what you got to do? You have to have a player's union which therefore you need to collectively bargain with college sports. Well, guess what that also means? The revenue generated, you have to find a way to compensate players with the revenue that you generate. So also as well, if a player does enter the transfer portal, okay, are they released from their contact? How does that also work? Like you are literally talking about professionalizing college football, but here's the thing that college coaches want to do. They want to control everything and give nothing to anybody. That's the thing. They he the reason why he probably wants to have a unionization, like everything under the same rules, is that they want to control more. That's what they want to do. They wanna control what these kids make. They want to control what these kids do because they apparently can't don't do it enough already. The fact that NIL now exists for college athletics and college athletes, you know what these coaches hate? Losing any any inch of control over their players. Well, and I think they too, absolutely despise it.
2: A lot of it is you have, you're, you're trying to, he, he, when he brings up the point of like, oh, it's you have a, a, one state doing this, one state doing that. Yes, that is very frustrating. That is difficult to manage. That's where you have seen the lack of leadership when mm-hmm. it comes to like the NCAA really just impacted the most. You, you have to create some forms of standardization. I think when you look at what college athletics is, what it is becoming, it's going to come in steps. And the the next step now that NIL has been introduced and is at its point is you need a bit more standardization amongst the different just, you know, conferences, states, programs, all that different kind of stuff. That's that to me is the next step. And then you can start to go into there. But then, you know, it's unionizing college football, college athletics in general is a very that would be a very complicated process.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's beyond complicated because then you start to worry about, all right, what qualifies you? to be a part of the Players' Association, Players' Union. For example, in the NFL, you have to be three years removed from high school in order to enter the NFL. That's something the Players' Association and the NFL negotiate with each other. One year out of high school in college basketball or or in the NBA, you have to be one year removed from high school. That is an NBA and NBA Players' Association collectively bargained thing. Could you imagine trying to get Power 5, Group of 5, FCS schools all to unionize. Like, I'm sorry, vote on a collective bargaining agreement Will you literally have tens of thousands of athletes. It's, yeah. Tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of athletes. I'm sorry, that just ain't going to happen. It's It's just not going to happen. Yes, the players
2: players deserve as much as they can get for they as much do. as they invest. I 100
1: agree with you, but on it's
2: that. it is that is complicated. Compensation, uh, maybe compensation directly from universities would be the next step. But I mean, it. But sounds like they, they don't, don't want do to do that.
1: No, yeah. And also here as well, Nick Saban, you get all that money your school, the SEC, from television deals with ESPN, right? Well, are you going to if you're going to unionize? Well, are you going to share your profits with the ACC? Yeah, that's. I'm and, sorry, Big Ten, are you going to share your profits with the Pac-12? Well, and the disparity, I mean... You want to talk about disparity? Yeah. Like, that that's where a big chunk of disparity comes from. It's from that. So, if you're going to unionize these players and make them athletes, well, then guess what? You ne- then have to evenly spread all the money out amongst yeah. all the schools as well.
2: Disparity, I think college football right now is just... It's been... There's been a lot of disparity with college football. It's trending towards even more. I don't think... Nil and I mean Nil and competition definitely impacts that but we were heading this way regardless yeah regardless so I, I don't know it, it's one of those things where it's it is complicated and unfortunately I just don't I don't think that there's any kind of leadership in college football that and just college athletics that will be able to guide this to an easy solution it's it's a tough position for the sports to
1: be in that's Lewis Fernandez, Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Uh, speaking of unions and, and 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 players and salaries and all that kind of stuff, professionals, that's, you, you're literally talking about the professionalization of college football. So Nick Saban is alluding to. But in terms of actual professional sports, all right, would college football put a salary cap on? Well, I don't know. Would they do something like that? But we know in pro sports, there are salary caps and... We turn to here, things here locally when it comes to professional sports. The Carolina Hurricanes president and general manager, Don Waddell, as well as Rob Brendamore, the head coach, spoke to the media today. And a big thing that was brought up this offseason for Carolina is what they're going to do to add pieces. How do you balance free agency while also maybe making offseason trades? For example, last year we saw Don Waddell make a massive move going after Brent Burns from San Jose, the defenseman. Made a big move at the time it was thought when you went and got Max Pacioretty it cost you a ham sandwich to get them because Vegas was in a very, very tough salary cap situation. Things are cut and dry in terms of that. Well, Don Waddell talked about balancing free agency while also looking at the trade market.
0: Free agency is uh, J- July 1st is probably the most dangerous day in hockey besides the trade deadline. Um you know, the one thing that I said is we have lots of cash space this year. Very rare does a free agent come and hit the open market and say, "Okay, I'm going to sign for one year." Uh, so we have to be a little bit. Uh, you know, this is not a one-year play. It's got to be a uh, you know a long-term play of how we look it up. That's why we like to you know get on the front end of some of our uh, bigger contracts and know where they're going to sit. So I think I still think the trade route is something that we're going to explore very heavily before free agency. Mm-hmm. And, again, you know, there's a lot of teams that because the cap uh, is going up only a million dollars that uh, are in situations, uh, as some teams were last year, where they have to move some pretty good players. So we want to make sure that we're in a position and talking to those teams that if something does come up that, uh, that we feel fits our team, that we'd be in a position to uh, move on.
1: Okay. Here's where Carolina can take advantage of teams this offseason. Birdman hand rub. Yes, this is where t- Carolina can take advantage. Yes, you do have cap space. But again, you can't just go out and just sign a bunch of free agents because you do have to look at the future. The guys aren't all – big-time guys aren't just going to sign for one year. Yeah. All right, for example, in the NFL, you see guys that will sign a quote-unquote three-year contract or let's say a four-year contract. But really the maybe the last two years of that deal are – Quote unquote, dummy years of a contract. They're voided after two years. It's a way for you to spread out the cap hit. Yes. Right? So the cap hit in that first year is kind of low, then it escalates over time. You don't do that in the NHL. That's just, it, the NHL is the most simple salary cap that you could have. So, Luis Fernandez, if you were assigned a three year contract with the Carolina Hurricanes and it's a Three, uh, three-year 3 contract, $9 million. Oh, heck yeah. So, average annual value of $3 million a year. You know what your cap pit is those three years? $3 million. Easy. Cut and dry. Pretty Math. simple. So, you can't manipulate the salary cap like you can in the NFL where you can, like adjust stuff to salary, you know, signing bonus, and all that kind of stuff. You don't do that in the NHL. So, yeah, they have a bunch of cap space this upcoming season. Okay, how do you use that to your advantage to get players now that also can last in the long term? For example... You look at teams that have terrible salary cap situations going into the upcoming offseason that you can poach players for cheap. Vancouver right now projected to be over the salary cap. Low Elias Pedersen, over 100 points last season. Play center. I want that guy. Come on down. Tampa Bay Lightning, by the way, projected to be just under the salary cap. Tampa Bay Lightning only have a 6 and two seventh round draft picks in 2023. They literally have mortgaged everything away from this year's draft picks to get guys for now, and they still got to sign some of their own guys for free agents as well. You could maybe poach a player or two from a team like Tampa Bay. So Calgary Flames, same type deal. Carolina can take advantage of these teams and get some money in return. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,